You guys are going to join my next guest, Melissa Pepping. When I say that everything she does, she does big and over the top. You want to stay tuned and listen in because you're going to get that from her. So Melissa was first introduced to the um, essential oil world and the toxin-free world back in 1998, but it wasn't until the birth of her child that she really had a reason for really investigating more and more into that and realizing that what she grew up with, uh, with her grand parents in making all of their own things, essential oils could actually magnify and make better. This prompted her to uh, create the Chemical Free Home series. You're going to see that in our interview. We're going to talk about that. She also uh, knew that there weren't good cosmetics out there that were toxin-free. and she cr- So she created her own company. She started working with recipes and creating different things and, until she found something that worked and, and a launched Savvy Minerals. You're going to see the passion that Melissa has in impacting women's lives. She's all about you have the power. You have the ability to write and script and create your life. You guys are going to love Melissa Pepping, and I can't wait for you to hear as we dive into this interview. Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited that you're listening each and every week. I want to remind you that we have a subscribe button right down below here and make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Give us a rating a rating and a review and make sure you're sharing. Today, we're so excited to be bringing Melissa Pepping on. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so grateful to be here. Absolutely. Melissa has such a powerful story and we're going to let her share it. But I'd like you to talk a little bit about being introduced to kind of a, if you want to call it chemical free, toxin free, natural, some people call it a hippie lifestyle. <laughs> but tell us what. <laughs> I'm far from hippie. I. I... <laughs> <laughs> but I guess not so far kind of, you know, in, in some of my beliefs for natural wellness and holistic healing. Uh, I like, I like people to know that green can be glam and green can look any way you want it to look. So I, I love when people always say, oh, are you in that hippie dippy stuff? Or you don't look like you're into the hippie, hippie stuff world. I'm like, uh, green can come in many packages and many different shades of green. So I'm just one of those shades of green. Uh, but I grew up in, in a environment with both grandparents, actually, would either everything was, or most everything was DIY, finding a more natural way. You know, you'd make a loaf of bread before you'd go buy a loaf of bread. It was a treat if we had a store-bought loaf of bread at my grandmother's house. <laughs> and it was all cut in slices. Uh, everything was homemade. And, it, you know, laundry detergent. I remember watching my grandmother make her own laundry detergent and cleaning the floors with very simple solutions. Uh, a lot of it was done out of frugality. And so when it came time for me to be a mom, I was always looking for a better solution, a safer solution. Up until the time of having kids, I'm like, well, what does it really matter? Like I watched my grandparents do this out of frugality. I can afford to buy the cleaner. I'll buy the cleaner. Right. Once I had my, our first child, all of a sudden everything mattered and I was pregnant and reading labels and thinking, oh my God, what am I going to use? And the more that I read ingredients and couldn't understand what was on the labels and researched ingredients, the more terrified I became about what are the products that we're actually using? Like, does, is anybody realizing this? And I just had this overwhelming feeling that there has to be something better. I don't, I, I've never liked to do anything to the ordinary human standard. I've always liked to go a little bit, a little bit probably <laughs> far beyond what the ordinary human standard is. And so I thought if, if there's a better way, if I'm feeling that there has to be a better way, there must be a better way. Right. And I went back to how I was raised. 
and finding more of those natural solutions. And I realized it wasn't all just out of frugality. It was out of controlling the ingredients you're using, having the best possible version. I mean, my grandfather lived to be, I think he was 84, 85 or 86. Every morning for breakfast would have a pot of coffee and would have bacon, eggs, toast. He would dip in the bacon grease. He <laughs> a vibrant, healthy life. And but he had an active lifestyle. Yes. And the coffee was made fresh on the stove from fresh ground beans. And the eggs were from the chickens that were in the backyard. And the bacon was from the neighbor's farm from their pigs. The bread was homemade. Right. And all of these things, all of a sudden, I started to pay attention to and realize, you know, and I'm my, my other grandma, you know, everything was, you know, cookies were not store-bought and they were handmade. And so you look at, you look at things that were just done differently and you start to put the pieces together and realize. And so when I'd look at something as simple as what am I going to bathe my baby in? How am I going to lose her if she's not feeling well? And I really paid attention to what feels right and what doesn't feel right. And I looked high and low and I looked at herbs and I looked at uh, Bach flower remedies and I looked at every natural thing I could you know, possibly find. But every single time it came back to essential oils, I was absolutely fascinated. And not only fascinated at what they could do and the aroma, but fascinated at how multifunctional they were. That part just blew my mind. Right. And I started realizing I can enhance all these cleaning products I'm making. I can enhance all these bath and body products and these beauty products. I can enhance them all with essential oils. This is the most amazing thing ever. Oh, I have to tell everyone about this. <laughs> and that's basically what I did. <laughs> I found all the moms who were looking for something better and we all started doing something better. Awesome. I love, love that story. And I like how you're tying this into, um, I can enhance the things that I'm already making and make them better. And is that where the Chemical Free Home series kind of developed from? It is, in a way. So a lot of the recipes that are in the Chemical Free Home book were the things that my grandmother made. And then I enhanced them with essential oils. And we used castile soap, little bit castile soap, the bark castile soap, the false naffa soap. We were using all those things to make things. Vinegar and water was always the base for cleaning solutions. Um, hydrogen peroxide was always used for cleaning solution. Uh, Mrs. Stewart's bluing agent. I mean, like my toilet bowl right now. Before I got on this interview, you know what I did? I freshened up my hair, put on some lipstick, scrubbed a toilet, put some Mrs. Stewart's blue agent in it and, and it's soaking right now. So <laughs> Love yeah, um, I, I, I am, I am normal. I am as normal as they can. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're normal, but likes to go big. Uh, and yeah. I love that. So, um, we do video with our, our podcast. So I am going to show she's got, Melissa has these books called the chemical free home series. And I just want to pop them up so people can see them. And if you are wanting to make some of your own natural good products that are not going to cause hormone disruption and um, skin rashes and cause headaches and you name it. There are so many wonderful recipes and what a virtue. This is recipes handed down to you. I didn't know that. That is... Yeah, so, so a lot of those things were, were the things that my grandmother taught me it taught me to make. And then of course it just, it compounded from there. I mean, my son had a very serious skin condition. He had a very advanced stage of eczema. Mm. So we had to really eliminate anything that touched his skin. And so laundry detergents, surface cleaners, linen sprays, I mean, everything. And so then the book evolved into more of the face and body products because I had to experiment and make those. I couldn't find a lotion that didn't burn his skin and hurt. So I had to create one. Um, the bath soaks, the face wash, everything. So that expanded to fit those needs. 
And then um, with, with the baby, so I, I never fed my babies a jar of baby food. I made all of their baby food. And I remember my aunt saying that at one time, that she never fed her babies a jar of baby food. And I thought, hmm, challenge accepted. I want to <laughs> say the same thing. I want to say that my baby never had a bottle had a bottle, a jar of baby food. Like I I want to be able to say those things too. So the baby food recipes that are in that book are the ones that were most loved by all three of my children. And so those are all, every single thing in that book was a staple in our home or in a, a staple as I was growing up. So everything's been tested, tried and tried and true. Sometimes I see people come up with recipes and I think, hmm, sweetheart, did you really make that first? Because I'm pretty sure that by trial and error, I know if you take water, vinegar, and then add baking soda to that spray bottle and give it a good shake, it's going to explode in your hand. (laughs) But you're posting the recipe for that. (laughs) So every single recipe in my books, I have made, they're tried and chewed and tested. And I'm very proud of that. And of course, from there, they expanded into the perfume books. And I'm just not done yet. I know. Well, and this, I, I love it. And, uh, you know, hello, these are such fun classes to do to bring people together yeah. to say, you know what, you don't have to put that synthetic fragrance on your body. There are things that you can do that are much, much better for you. And when you remove those synthetic fragrances from your life and you get around them, that's never a good thing. The aroma is so different. I I will have people that will follow me in stores and they'll be like, you know, what what perfume? (laughs) They're essential oils. They're like, no, no, they're not. I'm like, oh yes, they are. (laughs) But I wanted, you know, I like the books. I wanted people to have something they were proud to have set out. I wanted it to look like, you know, a classic Better Homes and Garden magazine. And I wanted beautiful tips, practical tips for living inside of those books. Just, you know, ones that you want to keep turning the pages of. When it comes to perfume, perfume is very seductive. It's very intimate. It should be very sexy. So I wanted it all to have that feeling. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. And, and I'm even excited about some of the things we're creating to make this a possibility for everybody to be able to use those books for classes and events. I love that. I, of course, always something around the corner, isn't there? <laughs> I love that. Now, talk to us about, um, that's what's always inspired me about you. I attended your Spirit of Wellness. So that's been back a few years. I believe yes. the event is called Iconic now. Um, so, and it inspired me to do my own event called journey of wellness. And of course I loved all of the bling, you know, you got to have the bling with everything. And, and that's what I love about everything that you produce and put out is done over the top. Um, and always to, to make things look beautiful. Uh, and I, I just adore that. I adore the fact that if it's not there, you're going to go out and create it. You're going to make it. And that's how I've always looked at life. And if it doesn't exist and I am seeing that there's a need for it, then there must be more people that see that there's a need for it. So I've never been one to sit back and say, well, I'm going to wait for someone else to create this. I'm going to wait for someone else to produce this. It's always been, no, I really think that's, this needs to be a thing. And I have, I'm not afraid to bring it to fruition and, and let's make this a thing. So everybody has, you know, this tool or has this resource. I've always felt that once you achieve one good, once one good is desired, developed or desired, achieved, another will be desired. You will always have that innate sense to want to continue to advance, to grow, to create. We should never be satisfied. You know, God's purpose for us is to advance. And I just, I don't personally feel I would be honoring my life if I wasn't continually wanting to advance. And it can be hard for some people to embrace that because we often hear, well, aren't you happy? Don't, you know, when is enough enough? Can't you just be proud of what you have or be happy with what you have? And I've even had people say that to me. And I think, no, because there's so much more. There's so much more to create. There's so much more to do. There's so much more that needs to be done. There's so much more. I wouldn't be given the ideas if I wasn't supposed to act on them. 
Right. So no, I'm not done yet. I've, there's so much more to do. Right. And, and there is, uh, you know, that's why I started this podcast is really get this movement of voice and, and let people hear how exciting it is and all the different things and, and avenues and doors and opportunities that get opened up to us when we open our heart, not only our heart, but our minds. We have to open the minds. And that is going to lead me to, because I think obviously removing toxins, this is called the toxin terminator, is hugely important um, that those things need to be removed from our life. And we think about environmental toxins. We think about things that we put on our body, in our body. But sometimes we don't think about what we're putting inside our mind, what we're talking about, you know, because there are tapes playing inside our head. Everybody has those playing. And I'd like you to kind of discuss because I don't think, Melissa, you've gotten where you are in your life by not going through this process of removing the toxins in our mindset? Well, there's always, it's amazing how loud that voice is in every single person's head, mine included. And even as far as I've gone with my own personal growth and development, I still, it is, there is no finish line in personal growth. There, this is not a hobby. So it's something that you need to practice every single day. The mind is a muscle, right? And it will always want to go back to its hypnotic rhythm. So no different than if I eat healthy for a week, but I've just spent 41 years in the pregame not eating healthy, am I really going to be eating healthy for the rest of my life if I just give it that one week? No, because I'm going to slip back into that hypnotic rhythm of what I'm used to. And so when we grow up in a society like we do, and we're hearing all the things and we're seeing all the things and all of those things go into our conscious mind, they start forming thoughts. And that's a critical place because at this point, it's just a thought. I can see her and I can think she doesn't like me because of how she just looked at me, right? Mm -hmm. I can see them and I can think that I'm not good enough because their backs are all turned to me and I'm not part of that circle. I can see the success that she's posting and I can think that I'll never achieve that. Those are just thoughts at that point in my conscious mind. Right. Where they become toxic is when you start to emotionalize and rationalize with them. Once you start to have a feeling now, not just I think, but now you have a feeling. So I can look at them and think I'm not doing good enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. Any of those things you think. Mm-hmm. But the moment you start to say, and now I feel like I'm worthless. I feel like I'm not good enough. So before it was just, I see them and now I think I'm not good enough. Now I, I really feel that I can't be like them. Once you start to use the word feel, you've emotionalized with it. Now it's in your subconscious mind. Now it's slipped one more layer in. And here's the dangerous part about toxic thoughts that become feelings that you start to emotionalize with because whatever is in your subconscious mind is what directs your body into action. So if I'm going to look at them and think, I can't do what they're doing because I feel that I'm not good enough and I feel that I'm not pretty enough and I feel that I'm not smart enough. Now I've put in my body's order for action and the action is going to be, so I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to go on Instagram and I'm just going to not even, I'm just, I just don't feel like even getting out of bed today. So I'm just going to stay. Whereas I look at them and I think I can't do what they're doing. Wait a minute. No, I can. I feel that I deserve the same success. And I feel that my vision, the one I see for myself, is achievable. I really feel that I can do this and I feel that I deserve it. And I can see myself and I can, I can feel the happiness having achieved that goal. Now I've put in the order for action. What am I going to do? I'm going to get up. I'm going to call people. I'm going to go to events. I'm going to go to classes. I'm going to host the things. I'm going to talk about the things, right? Right. Now 
Whatever action your body chooses is what delivers the results. So if you choose the action of sitting back and not doing anything, your results are going to reflect that. If you choose the action of, I am good enough, I can do this, I want this, then your body's going to go into the action of moving towards your goal, moving towards that worthy idea. Now my results are going to reflect that. So that is basically, in a nutshell, the process of removing those toxic thoughts and how important that is, because I can't put my body into the right action if I'm still looking at them, thinking and feeling I'm not good enough, but I'm going to go out there and just do the activities anyway, because, you know, most of my uplines that I need to do, but now I'm teaching the classes while thinking I'm not good enough and feeling I'm not good enough. And so that's going to drive the results and I'm not going to get the same results. That's why, Amy, you can take, okay, someone like me and someone like Sheila down the street, we're both using the same product. We both have the same knowledge. We're both talking to the same people, using the same voice and teaching the same classes, but we're both getting very different results. Have you ever noticed that? You have this whole community of the same people using the same product, talking about the same thing in the same manner. They could even follow the same script, have the same smile on their face, be wearing the same clothes, but we're going to get two different sets of results. And on the outside, everything looks exactly the same. I copycatted a minute. Mm-hmm. I did an exact duplicate. Both were identical to the naked human eye on the street. Both looked the same, but they both produced very different results because there was a magnitude of conditions those results had to pass through before they became physical results. What was I thinking? What was I emotionalizing with? And that's the difference. So I'm always asking myself, how do I feel about this? Am I in the right state of mind? If it's right in my heart, it'll be right in my head. And then I proceed. And then that gives the energy. That's that's that, you know, how you can get around people and you can just feel. Yes. I was just in an event in Las Vegas here a couple weekends ago. And I really got to thinking about, I think as we go through life and we, we go through different transitions, we get to kind of see feel and experience different things. And so we, like you said, we were constantly going through this emotional growth process and removing the negative and, and all of that stuff. But I think as, as life produces bigger and better results for us, we get a win. And so that we take that action and we, we take that feeling in and we get another win and we get another win. And I think that compounds too. And I think sometimes, I don't know quite how to ask this question. Maybe you know where I'm going with this, but when you have so many wins underneath your belt, do you feel like you can sometimes see the world in a different way? You've experienced enough and seen enough results that you you truly do experience things in a different way. You do, but it's all about, first of all, let me say from the outside, people can look at me and say, she's win after win after win after win. But you didn't see all the failures I just had. You didn't see the violent opposition I just had to go through. You didn't see the things that were said to me. You didn't read the hate mail I got. You don't, you, nobody sees that part, not because I'm trying to hide it, but because I don't even pay attention to it. Right. It'll, it'll come in and I blow it out the other door because I'm not here for the comfort of a few. I'm here to impact the lives of many. And so I always have to be thinking about where am I going? And that's really the difference between people who win and people who are having a hard time getting to that platform of win after win after win, because it's, it's easier to focus in on where you're failing and think, because oh. you slip into that hypnotic rhythm, yeah. I'm not good enough. I can't really do this. That was embarrassing. What are people going to think? What are they going to say? And then that puts the brakes on the whole thing as where a true entrepreneurs, the, 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 the rare ones that just keep going and going and going will have those failures, but we don't give them much attention. We don't give them much focus. Um, you know, it can still look successful to the outside, but no, no one knows the fails I just had. You don't know the products I launched that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and there's plenty, uh, you know, so it, it just happens. The books that, you know, just didn't sell or, you know, whatever. Uh, some of me is like, God dang it. I can't give them away. And you open another warehouse. <laughs> 
where you're like, there's 5,000 more of them. What? <laughs> like gremlins, you throw water on it and they multiply. All of a sudden there's another warehouse with this book that didn't sell. So there, are, there always is that. But what I choose to focus on is where I'm going. I don't focus on current results because everything in life has a frequency to it. Mm-hmm. Every thing around us has a frequency. It has a vibration. And so if you think about it, when you're in a bad mood, you're feeling low, your frequency is probably pretty low. And isn't it odd or peculiar that during that time, you're getting more of the same, more bad things keep happening. And then all of a sudden that toxic, you know, cousin comes back into your life or crabby, you're just surrounded by crabby people. You get the crabby cashier, you get the crabby waiter, you get the crabby hostess. Why is everyone crabby? Meanwhile, I'm going, really? Because I think everyone's just happy. But I'm at a different frequency. So I'm attracting differently to me. And so if you think about current results, those places you're currently at, it might be, you know, I didn't quite hit the benchmark. I didn't quite hit the goal. I didn't quite hit the number. And so current results are not as good as where you want to be, right? Right. So results are going to have a little bit of a heavier feeling to them and they're going to have a lower frequency. Where you're going is what you imagine, that beautiful goal, dream that hasn't yet been obtained, but you know that it's out there. When you think about it, it makes you very happy because it has a higher frequency to it. Right. So I want to attract the things I need to achieve that really big out there goal. I have to constantly be thinking about that. So I start my morning off just drawing out and writing down exactly what it is I want to attract to me. What are the conditions I want to be seen in my life right now? Who are the people I want to see showing up in my life? And you got to be careful when you put that order in, Amy, because... (laughs) You're requesting for God to make some space and clear the garden. And sometimes when the garden weeds itself, it does it pretty violently. Like it's not full of the pretty weeds that you could almost mistake for flowers. Like, is this a weed or was was it meant to be a flower? Uh, No, when the garden weeds itself, sometimes it's full of thistles and you're got no gloves and you're going to have to rip every thistle and burning weed out of that garden. And it's, it can be so painful, but it's creating beautiful space for you to get to where it is that you want to go. So I don't focus on current results. I don't focus on the current situation. I focus on how do I want to see it? Where do I want this going? Sometimes that's a process that takes a week. Sometimes I can get through it in a day. Sometimes something hits me hard and it takes a month, but that certainly is better than it knocking me down for a year. And I know people who've been knocked down for five, six, 10 years, they get down, knocked down once they stay down. I just always go back to, I wouldn't have the ideas for the things that I want to do if they weren't put there by a a power much greater than myself. And so those are things I need to act on because God's purpose for all of us is to advance and it is to create. And I, I think that's hugely important. And I, you know, I went through a kind of a little transition in my own life where I was an entrepreneur for better than 30 years, uh, sold my business of, well, in the family for 40 years, and then realized how much I identified who I was to that business and really had to go through a lot of soul searching. You're, you're saying don't identify, don't put your focus on the here and now, but what you want. And I like how you say, you know, go out and create that fairy tale life. It's there for the making of what you want it to be. And I think it's important for our listeners to hear it's a process. You don't, and and you're giving those steps to walk through, but that walking through those steps, like you said, with the thistles, Oh my gosh, I like to look at it as a big tree. And when we're cutting down a tree, most times they don't go directly to the root. And, and you know, they go down to the, the, the uh, you know, the biggest part of the tree. They start 
taking off the little limbs and the branches and then getting to the bigger branches. And then we get down to the trunk of the tree. And that's how personal growth is too, is we got to start, we think we're at the trunk, but God says, no, we're still up here in the little branches. <laughs> you know, you yeah. still got some more work to do. Go, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what I think God just sits up there most days going, oh, no, honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> And, oh, and I, and I look at some of the things, I think one of the greatest lessons that I learned is that every single condition in my life, even the really horrible ones, we've attracted those to us. And people say, well, then how can you justify death and dying and, and, you know, things that happen, you know, house burned down, a tornado wiped this out, and this child got ill. If you really go back and look at, and then this is, it, it takes years to get to this level of thinking. A lot of people never arrive at this level of thinking, but every single thing in our life, no matter how hard, how painful, we've attracted that condition to us. At one point, we resonated with that fear at one point, and we didn't rewrite the story. So, you know, if I've always had, um, Let's see. I let, what would be a good example for me. I always had a fear of tornadoes. Always, and living in the Midwest, it's just always been a fear. <laughs> I learned to rewrite that story of you know not seeing the devastation, but that tornadoes would just jump over us or would never hit us or you know be away or stay on the road or whatever. I I can't just know. I'm going to ignore that. You have to rewrite the story. Uh, so if you have a fear of failure, if you have a fear of looking like you failed in front of someone, you have to rewrite that story. Rewrite it as one of strength. Um, if you have a fear of I'm going to walk into this room and these people aren't going to like me, uh, you have to rewrite that story. I'm going to walk into this room. I'm going to give my presentation. It's going to be loved by everybody. It's going to be understood. It's going to impact lives. It's going to impact families. Uh, you know, a fear of rejection. You have to re any fear you have, you have to rewrite that story. And so when you realize that all the conditions that I have around me are the conditions that I attracted to me, they might not be things that I attracted last week, like my level of thinking is so different than it was last week, let alone last year. But recently I had some conditions show up and I go, well, what the, I didn't ask for this, <laughs> this. And I called my coach and I'm like, what is this? What, like, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah. I didn't, I haven't, what? And he goes, you know what the interesting thing is? That this is probably something you resonated with 20 years ago and you never rewrote your story. He said, but thank goodness it showed up today because if it would have showed up 20 years ago when you first emotionalized with it, you wouldn't have been able to handle that and you never would have accomplished what you accomplished today. I'm like, God dang it. Why are you always right? <laughs> well, I, love, I love joking around with my mentor like that, my coach, because he's so fantastic. But he was absolutely right. This was something that I had a fear of 20 years ago. It's something I resonated with. I wrote the story 20 years ago. But if that situation would have showed up 20 years ago, immediately when I, when I wrote that story, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. And it would have wiped me out forever. Yeah. I'm so grateful that it finally showed up today in the here and now when I do know how to handle it. And then I can lean in and gather all the lessons, the beautiful lessons that are wrapped up in that. I like how you talk about lessons being beautiful now, because sometimes when we're going through that, we don't really think is too beautiful. You know, no. it, it's messy. It's ugly. It's, it's, you know, it's a lot of pain, but I, um, I like to, I use the word personal responsibility. You know, we have to, you're talking about, you know, we wrote that story. If you look at your life and you don't like how it's going, you have to own it. You have to own that and then take it forward from there. And I love rewriting the story. Um, it isn't just a matter of positive affirmations and which are good. I think that we need to. Good. You can say it. But you have to feel it. Yes. And there's no better way to emotionalize with something than actually painting out the whole picture of it. I used to 
carry around a huge fear uh, with my children. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, uh, one of my very good friends was abducted. And so when that happens, it, it changes who you are as a person for the rest of your life. And, and the, the group of us that, that talk regularly about it, we also talk about now that we're parents and we have 12 year olds, how difficult that age is because that's the age we were. And so I have to be able to not sit in the fear. I have to think beyond that. And I have to see my children having these beautiful, healthy, vibrant lives. So I immediately go in and, and I create a future memory. Okay. Now we can all recall things from our past with such clear and crisp and precise clarity. You can tell me about a fight you got in with a girl you don't like in 10th grade and get so worked up about it that you're just like, I just, it's like, it just happened yesterday now. And I just I can't even talk about it anymore. Right. We've seen people do that. But when's the last time you saw somebody talk like that about something that hasn't even happened yet in the future, a good memory, you mm -hmm. can listen people with anxiety talk about, you know, the bad thing they're going to say is, oh, and then I'm going to, and then I know what's going to happen if I call her, this is going to happen. And then that's going to happen. You're like, well, wait a minute. None of that's happened yet. Why are you writing it that way? So when I say create a future memory, go in and create the beautiful, vibrant, clear and crisp future memory that you want and make it so real and so detailed, like every last detail, just like the girl from 10th grade you, you didn't like, and you could probably tell me what she was wearing. I want you to tell me in that future memory, that really good one, what you're wearing. And so I've created so many beautiful future memories for my children. I have a Pinterest boards for each of my children's weddings. Now, God help the, the women my boys choose to marry because I know it's a big deal for a girl to plan a wedding, but they're going to show up and be like, honey, I already got your wedding planned. <laughs> it's all done. <laughs> I laugh hysterically at that because I have three sons and mother-in-law to three beautiful daughters. And I, I just laugh because it's like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, I, oh my gosh. I, I would be, it would be so bad, but I, but I, I, I can't help but just giggle because I have the whole idea. Like it's all just so, and my daughter says that she's like, mom, just plant, plant it all. I don't like, yes, keep going. I'm like, oh, but those are the future memories that you should have planned out so clearly and so precisely right down to every last detail, because now I'm erasing any fear that I had that now it just seems silly to think anything you know, negative because I'm so focused on how beautiful this future memory is. That I love that because how many people have you met in your life where um, they are reliving they are reliving um, events, whether it's surrounding a trauma in their life or a major event in their life. It's just a, a reliving of that. They haven't. I love the idea of rewriting a future story, um, you know, to, to create that scenario just like in the past for in the future. What a what a beautiful thing to do. Story for anything. You can write it for your health. You can write it for your success, for your family, for uh, for your children, for you, for your neighbors, for anything. You can write that future story any way you want to for anything you want to and just make it beautiful. And it really helps getting through that period of time from where you are now to where you want to go. It makes that period of time in between far more enjoyable. I talk a lot right now. We're in the middle of a remodel in our home and that remodel process started back in April mm -hmm. and uh, we actually started breaking ground the end of July and it started with just needing to replace the oven that went into all new cabinets, then knocking down walls then adding on to the second store. I mean, it's, it's so far out of control at this point, but through this all, and you know, I've got two kids I had to abandon their bedrooms and move over into the office for the last couple of months, which thank goodness we, you know, we have that. And, you know, we don't have a working kitchen. We don't have a living room in the house. And so we don't have our family movie nights. We don't, and you never realize you actually had those things until you remove them from your life and our time together, sitting at the, the dinner table every night, you know, cooking our meals together. You don't realize the, 
the sacredness in that until it's gone. Right. And it's changed. And you also don't realize how much you need routine in your life until the routine is altered drastically. Right. And here I've, you know, uprooted everything about stability that we've known. And my, 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 my kids are not really very happy with me at the moment. My daughter doesn't show a lot of emotion, but I sent her a picture of her floorings getting done right now. She's like, oh my God, can I move back into the house tonight? I'm like, <laughs> Well, maybe not tonight, probably tomorrow or this weekend. <laughs> so I, to get us through all of this, and, and it got pretty intense, but to get us through any of that, I would just focus on, we put, because the cabinets are going to be different. Where do you think we should put the dinner plates this time? Or what do you think, where do you think the silverware should go? Because we're always bumping into each other. Like, let's look at the floor plan and, and, and let's start to see a really good flow of things. Or, you know, I just got them focusing on, it's a distraction. You get them focusing right. on something different. No different than you do with the little kid when they get hurt. Oh, did you get a new shirt? Let me see what's on your shirt. Did you step in something on the bottom of your shoe? Like you blocked them and now they don't realize, you know, that they were in pain. The next time you're going through something toxic, the next time you're going through something painful, create a distraction for yourself, a beautiful distraction. And whether that be thinking about that future memory, how wonderful it's going to be, what is this going to be like? It's, I mean, my goodness, women have been doing it to get through labor for hundreds and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You know, focus on, focus on the end result. Focus on, focus we wouldn't on, do it again and again and again. Four in the morning, you're, on, you're never going to sleep together the rest of your life. Just focus on that and then this isn't so bad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I want to make sure I, I th there's a several things that are a couple things that I want to end our interview with. And um, boy, we've got some juicy things. I've taken a couple pages of, of notes here, but I want to make sure that if people want to get a hold of you, I know that you're doing some coaching and you have some new um, coaching coming up. If you would like to talk to us about that, give us how people can um, get a hold of you if they want to follow you. How, how, what's best for people to be able to reach out? So one of the best ways to follow me is on Instagram and it's Melissa underscore Pepping. So find me on Instagram. Um, that's where I'm pretty transparent about life, the things going on, the things I'm going through. Um, I've got mindset stuff, I have family stuff. So just the gamut of everything that's on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, uh, Melissa Pepping Entrepreneur. And uh, that's a great place to follow me for inspirational videos. Uh, my personal page, Melissa Pepping. Apparently Mark Zuckerberg thinks that we should only have 5,000 friends. So I, I maxed out on that, but you can follow me on Facebook on my personal page as well. If you go to my website, melissapepping.com, that is where you can find all things MP. I have my coaching program, which is basics. That's B-A-S-I-6. Um, my coaching program is on there. That is open to anybody. And I just, I, I really wanted to create something where people could feel good about investing in themselves, where we're not just focusing on the activities that you need to do to quote unquote, push through this produce results. You know, here's how you do a care call. Here's how you teach a class. I didn't want that. I wanted to be able to help people understand thought processes within themselves, help people understand the importance of creating those future memories, help people understand the importance of designing your life and realizing you can design your life. So basics has been going now for, we just hit the one year mark in it's about a year and a half. Uh, we're just in season nine. So we've had nine seasons of basics. Uh, season 10 dates have not been set yet, but essentially it runs every eight weeks. And you can actually, because awareness is only created through repetition. And so like basics isn't a one and done. I have people that have committed a year and more to doing basics because it's not the same thing. Every time we study something different, we learn something different. Uh, we step into a deeper layer of it. And so it's, it, it's, it's been, it's been incredible. I'm so honored to be able to offer that program. So definitely check that out. Awesome. And anything we need to be watching upcoming for Melissa Pepping here? 
in the future? Well, it's, it's always a surprise what you're going to get. So you just never know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So one of the questions I do like to ask my guest is, um, if you were to think about what really makes you angry, what is something that just, ah, oh, you know, I know that anger, fear, you know, these are things that we don't like to focus in on, but is there something that you're just like, oh my word, it, it just drives yeah, you crazy. Actually, and it's when I see people react instead of respond. When I see people and I just think, where's your awareness? Like, that's, that's the thing to me that really gets me or upsets me when people, uh, react. And if they knew if they could just take a moment and actually respond, you know, when you react, you're not thinking about the ripple effect your action has, uh, and in network marketing, that is so, so critical because it's not just one person's life that's affected. It's it, it could, depending on the person's organization, it can be hundreds upon thousands of people affected. Um, so to me, I, I love nothing more than seeing people be the best possible version of themselves. And so it kills me when I see people not act in and live in awareness because this life can be so, so far more incredible and beautiful than anybody could ever imagine it is to live. And when you get to that place of awareness and you start experiencing that, I was just, um, I was just actually chatting with Dave Braun uh, Mm -hmm. this morning and checking in on him and like, how are things going? And I said, life is just so, so, so good. And I, and I just went through a season of, of pure heck really. And, and some violent opposition. And even in the midst of that, even in the pain of that life is so, so good because the lessons that are coming in this, the awareness that is being gained in this, I know that he is prepping me for something so grand and so beautiful. And so, you know, you just sit back and you, and you wait for that to unfold, knowing that whatever you're going through on the other side of that is the seed of equivalent beauty and opportunity. And so just the next time you're going through something difficult, so to all of the other listening, if you're going through something difficult right now, if you're headed into a season of something difficult, buckle up, you know, put, put your, put your best boots on, but really understand that there's so much beauty in that. Accept it. Don't fight it. Accept it, knowing that this is just what you have to take at the moment. But what's going to get you through is focusing on the fact that whatever's on the other side is going to be of equal or greater opportunity. And, and that's what's going to get you through. I love that. I, I, I know I was listening to, I can't remember what it was, is something that you had posted out there. And you talked about using... Um, when we're asking God to to reveal to us, you know, the next steps, to also be using the oil acceptance and and to rub it on our ears because we need to accept what He's giving us. Yeah, um, I've been bathing a lot in surrender lately. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> a lot of surrender, you know, just surrender to the ideas, surrender to the potential. So, because sometimes some of the ideas I get, I think. Can I really pull that off? Yeah, I want to surrender to that idea. Let me tell you something, Amy, and to anyone listening, the ideas that you have, take that times 10 because that's how much you could be asking for. The, 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 the grandness that you see, take that times 10 because that should be the vision you see for yourself. It's an infinite storehouse just waiting for you. You just have to wake up to that potential. I think we all need to stop playing so small. Once you achieve, and this is the great, this is the greatest thing you asked before about win after win after win and, and how do you stay on that high frequency? Here's the beautiful thing. When I accomplish something, you know, I sit back and I think, huh, why did I play so small? Mm. I could have went 10 times that. Yeah. I could have, it could have been so much bigger. Why did I play so small? I mean, the way is great, but God dang it. Why did I play some shoes? I should have asked for more. I should have done more. I should have gone a little farther because we're capable of so much more. And it's, 
So really what makes me upset, I can't even say mad, but what really gets me is to see all of that potential. People just waste. Yeah. They just waste it. You know, you can have anything you ask for. So why are you just asking for to pay off the car? Wait, oh. you've so much more potential than that. Why did, why are you just wasting it? Or, you know, people just wanting an extra vacation day, uh, you know, a year. Why are you wasting it? You know, even asking for all green lights on the way to town or the best parking spot. Why are you wasting it? People just waste this incredible potential. Yep. There's a story that circulated about how um, I want to live my life here on earth, where when I get to heaven, that I don't get that where God says, no, you don't want to go down that hallway. Well, what do you mean? I don't want to go down that hallway. Well, you trust me, you don't want to go down that hallway. So you go down that hallway anyway, and it's all the opportunities he had for you that you didn't take advantage of. And And I know, and I think that's one thing that makes entrepreneurs entrepreneurs is that we know where, you know, we have to fall down. We have to fail that that's what creates the success and that you just keep going. And that, like you said, you, you succeed at something and you think, oh, I could have done X, Y, Z. And so now, you know, for the next time, but I know for me, I don't want to end my life. And, and see a big, long hallway, you know, with all the opportunities that God had for me that I just played it too small. You know, I'll never forget after I sold Savvy to Young Living and at the launch when we were in that, that beautiful boutique that was designed and, and you know, we were just greeting everyone. And it, that, that boutique was exactly the way I saw it in my mind. The launch was exactly the way I saw it in my mind. Everything played out exactly the way I saw it in, in my mind. And it, a man walked up to me and said, well, I don't know why Young Living didn't talk to my wife because she, she had some makeup ideas too. And she had some formulas. And I said, well, did she ever contact them? Did she ever produce them? He goes, well, no, she hadn't gotten around to it yet. And I said, her, how was Young Living ever supposed to know? Why didn't your wife ever do anything with it? Did she ever make a product? Well, no, she didn't get around to it yet. Well, and yes. it all and exactly what I just said. People have all of this this beautiful potential. They just throw it away. Why? Too afraid to act on it. Too worried about what's going to happen. Fear puts on a break, but the only way to get through fear is to gain understanding in that fear. Why are you afraid in the first place? Start to understand that fear, and you'll start to conquer it. Yeah. I, I, you know, listeners are hearing you. They're not seeing you, which uh, uh, we do take a lot of this and put it up on our YouTube channel too. So they're going to be able to see you. But I, I, I would love to be seeing the frequency tones because when you get passionate, you're just, I mean, it, the just vibrancy is all the way around you. And I love that about you, that you're so passionate about helping women, helping us realize our full potential, helping us get beyond and dream bigger and really create that life that we want. So thank you for coming on and sharing that with us. For asking me. Absolutely. I, I, I'm just, I know everybody is just going to love this interview and um, we'll talk later when we get done. <laughs> that sounds great. Amy, again, thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you so much for creating this, this platform that you have. Thank you for doing that and for bringing the people on that you do. The more people that can hear words of inspiration, you know, it just, we, it's a good life. Life is so good. It is a good life. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Amy. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator, and we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.